Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? So I've been down in Florida, as a lot of you know, from seeing the rise on Strava and winding up my time here just as the heat has rolled in and i always think it's interesting seeing the heat adaptation screen if you have a newer garmin telling you how acclimated you are to the heat and i'm not saying they're wrong but i think a couple things to keep in mind when we talk about heat adaptation what's actually going on you know some of the physiological adaptations that your sweating efficiency increases meaning you have an earlier onset of sweating more sweat production but a reduced electrolyte loss in sweat and suppose you have more of a stabilized circulation within your body so that you can perform the work by maintaining a lower core temperature and heart rate as you adapt the heart rate i definitely notice as i ride more and more in the heat it will be the first few rides. It's like you finish a long four-hour ride and it's like mid-140s when usually it should be in the 120s, let's say. So crazy swings. And I did a very easy zone two ride this weekend. And I'd have to look back at the exact average, but I believe it was 126 when I glanced down. So Definitely reduced from when I first started doing some of these hot rides. And let's see here. Do I have BPM? Average 123. So, and in comparison, I did a group ride the day before that had about 50 to 60 minutes of hard riding. The average was 133. With that being said... I wanted to make a comment in that when I first moved to Nashville, the adaptation for me took months to feel normal in everyday heat. I noticeably was sweating more and than other riders who had lived there. And while everything that you read online or that I've come across, I've Googled it, looked through different USA Cycling and just other publishers of content, and they say, oh, yeah, two weeks to ad- adapt. It took me a lot longer than two weeks. Maybe some of those adaptations started taking place after two weeks, but I do not think I would be, quote unquote, 100% adapted to the heat. So if you are going to a big race and it's going to be really hot, try and get yourself into some hotter climates for riding, even if it's for 
a week, even if it's for a few days, part of it is mindset too, seeing how your body reacts to the heat and also reminding yourself that you have way fewer matches than if you were in normal temperature and your normal riding conditions. What I mean, this might include if you ride the trainer during the week, turn off the fans, you know, get some extra towels because you'd be really sweaty, but let it get hot in that room. Don't have the air circulating as much. Don't kill yourself. This is do your own research. This is not medical advice. This is not, <laughs> I got to be careful here. Um, within reason, you know, don't get yourself, drink a lot of water. And that's the next point I want to come to. Part of it is reminding yourself to drink enough. I think a piece of my training that I've gone through, rice is done, if you can hear that. Sorry about that. Didn't didn't plan that too well. We got it. Thank you. Part of the change that I go through in the summer is instead of drinking a bottle every hour, I drink a bottle every 30 to 40 minutes. Sure, 30 minutes is, is pretty aggressive when it's 90 plus, but... You're, you know, I might be thinking 45 minutes, that's not that big of a deal. To me, I when I'm drinking two bottles in an hour and a half, and then the third by two hours and 15 minutes, it's not that it's aggressively that much more, but it is like it changes up my normal fluid intake schedule. And so what I'm normally used to, I have to get my head around. So just being in those hotter climates for as much time as you can, or even on Zwift indoors, Get the better habit of, I need to drink more, I need to drink more, I need to drink more. So heat adaptation, another piece that came through that is cramping. And cramping, I do think, you know, people don't salt enough for the amount that we ride. That's a very wide, broad comment that I'm making right there. I realize that. But I never seem to cramp. And when it gets hot, I start to salt a little bit extra. And I start to salt a little bit in the morning and I salt after the ride. And I think if you just consume a little bit more salt, you might be able to fend off cramps. That's not going to work for everybody. Do your own research. I'm not a doctor, but electrolytes are huge. Make sure you have electrolytes in your bottles and make sure you have electrolytes that you can bring with you. Where I am in Florida, unless I stop at a store, obviously, to get... um, like I don't want really want Gatorade. No, no knock on you, Gatorade. It's not something I really love drinking on the bike. I would rather drink water and take hydration capsules. That I'm gonna plug Hello Blue CBD. Their capsules are incredible because I keep them in my saddle frame bag, saddle bag, frame bag, and I never have to worry about having extra electrolytes. It has been a life, maybe not a lifesaver. It has been a I hate the term game changer. It has been awesome to have them. And then I should address this also. We're, this is a good quick podcast. We're hitting on some good topics. CBD does not get you high. CBD does not get you buzzed. CBD does not get you a little anything. CBD does not, you will not, if you are getting CBD from a reputable source, will not get you in any trouble with a drug test. I have realized through a few comments from very talented athletes and they had said, I don't want to get popped for a drug test. Okay, that this is, there's no THC. You cannot. 
You do need to be careful that you are not taking full spectrum type products, which are legal but can have traces of marijuana, and it should be listed on there. Hey, 0.3%. There is a chance that could show up. I'm not going to take that. I don't want to get popped for uh, weed. I mean, I stay away from anything because I don't, I don't care if it's quote-unquote legal in some states in the U.S., uh, I mean, if I'm not enjoying something recreationally, I'm not going to be using it and taking a risk for using it in recovery. Um, so just make sure you're getting CBD from a reputable source like HelloBlueCBD.com. And you can always look um, for like they have certificates on reputable sites. If you don't want to use Hello Blue CBD, just make sure you know what you're getting and ingesting. That goes for any supplement. That is why... When I buy maltodextrin, if let me put a note here, I'll put the link in the show notes. I stopped buying malto for a while because it seemed like there are people getting popped for random tainted powders and I wanted something that was tested. That's when I'd used science and sport. You can now get informed. It's called an uh, athlete. God, I always forget these two labels. Informed sport and what's the other one? I should know it, but it's the two logos on the approved bottles of tested product, and the now Malto is the brand. It's inexpensive. It's good. It's been around for a long time, and I don't have to worry that they're not testing their product. Um, So just be careful. Sometimes things are cheap because you don't know what's in it, and I would be careful if you're doing competitions. You don't want to get you don't want to be ingesting something weird in the first place. You also don't want to get popped for taking an illegal substance that you don't even know you're taking. That would be horrible. And I've, we've all read about athletes that have gotten popped. And it's like, man, this person has so many people that say they're a good person and they say it's an accident. Like, what if it really was? That's just sad, sad story. So hydration, heat training, the summer is coming. And look forward towards your events. If you are, that's the one thing that was left out in training notes when I was doing, when I was living in Rochester and trying to go to big national events like amateur nationals when it's in Georgia. If you are in Rochester and you only train in Rochester and you fly down to Georgia, you are going to have a much harder time winning when it is 87 degrees and humid and your body has no idea what's going on. So now with the world of Zwift, I don't like riding indoors. I I don't like riding indoors. If I knew about how bad the temperature could be in some of these places, in retrospect, would I get on the trainer for two weeks? I would highly consider it because I had no shot the year I went down there. My body freaked out. I'm also overly sensitive to to environmental changes. I don't know what what is that body type or whatever. Maybe it's just called weak. But altitude, temperature, humidity, uh, my body freaks out and doesn't like it. Some people are more maybe amphibious or whatever it is, and they just float up and down and left and right, and they're good. That's not me. So with that, I think this covers enough. I've got some other good – I've got some good – good mental topics to talk about after I get through this book and I actually want to go beyond what the book's talking about and look at the sources of the papers because as you know I don't post a lot of content based around studies because for one study there's usually another study that goes against it and 
And just a fair warning, when you're taking science from podcasts like mine, like this podcast, do your own research. When you're taking science from YouTube videos, like anyone that posts cycling content for the love of your training, look at what study they're actually talking about. Does the study make sense? When it is a study on six untrained individuals, that is most likely not applicable to you. And it is six freaking people. (sighs) Some people will cherry pick studies. Just be careful out there what you are taking in. And again, I'm calling myself out. Do your own research on me. I'm N of one. This is a podcast of training that works for me, for my athletes, for people around me, from things I hear, from things I read, from things I've seen. I've been around for a while. But again, I am N of one. Just want to throw it out there. Good luck. Let's crush it.